It's called, Where Do You Live? And uh, we'll look again at verses 4 through 9 out of God's Word's translation in uh, John chapter 15. Father, we're so grateful indeed for your Word. We thank you, Father, that you will speak to us. We pray that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. For it is the entrance of your word that gives us light. Strengthen each person today with might by your spirit in the inner man. Lord, we thank you for inside information and revelation and transformation in our lives. And Lord, for this we give you all the glory and the praise. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Jesus said, Live in me and I will live in you. A branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to attach to the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit unless you abide in me. Let's read right on through verse 9 together. Ready? Read. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who live in me while I live in them will produce a lot of fruit. But you can't produce anything without me. Whoever doesn't live in me is thrown away like a branch and dries up. Branches like this are gathered thrown into a fire, and burned. If you live in me, and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want, and it will be yours. You give glory to my Father when you produce a lot of fruit, and therefore show that you are my disciples. I have loved you the same way the Father has loved me, so live in my love. So we've asked the question, where do you live? Some people live in fantasy land. Some people live in the past. Some people live in the land of unfulfilled desires. But Jesus tells us exactly where to live. And so we've looked at two principles from John 15 thus far. And we have discovered that living in his word is living in him. Just like we have bank accounts, we also have a heart account. And so we are to make continual deposits into our heart. And then last Sunday, we spoke at length about living in his love. Living in his love. And here's what happens, is when we live in his love, we're living in God. We're living in his love based on the fact how much he loves us. And then we're able to love others as Christ has loved us. There is a great revelation that happens and a great change that happens in our life when we are living in this love. I like what Ephesians says, and I'm just going to read it to you. You don't need to put it up there. But Ephesians says this, that, that God will take out of the rich treasury of his glory, his strength and his power, and he will change us on the inside. But then he says, when you walk and live in my love, you will be filled throughout your whole being under the fullness of God, and you will have the richest measure of his divine presence, and you will become a person wholly filled and flooded with God himself. I like that. What this is saying to us is this, is when we live in love, we will have his presence. And when we are rich in love, we will also be rich in the presence of God. Say it with me. A rich measure of His divine presence is mine as I walk in love. Amen. Now this morning what I want to talk about is living in fellowship with Him, is living in Him, and also attaching 
the word trust to this living in fellowship with him. So let's, let's believe God together this morning. First of all, I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see here that we have been called, we've been called out by name, we have been brought into invitation to koinonia or into intimacy with him. Now, I like what the psalmist said. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? He goes on to say that you have made man in your image and you have made him just a little lower than God or a little lower than Elohim. Job says it this way, who are mere mortals that you would even give them the time of day? I like that. You know, there are some people that won't give you the time of day, but not so with your heavenly father. His throne room is open 24-7. As a matter of fact, he doesn't have any time in heaven. Somebody said, well, do you suppose if I go to him, I'll have his ear? You certainly will if you'll come Humbly, if you come reverently and honor him, yes, you'll have his ear. His ears are open to the righteous. And so this fellowship that you are invited into is something that we must step into on a regular basis. Fellowshipping in his word, fellowshipping in worship. Say it with me. I've been called to fellowship. Job 22 now, look at that with me. I do want you to notice this. Job 22, and notice with me in verse uh, 21. He says, acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God. And show yourself to become conformed to his will. So what God is saying to us this morning is let's get acquainted. And be at peace And you shall prosper, and great good shall come unto you. Now I want you to notice this in the message translation, if you would. He says this, be in harmony and at peace with God, and in this way you will have prosperity. Give in to God, come to terms with Him, and everything will turn out just fine. Isn't that awesome? And so, there are some things that are connected with acquaintance. There are some things that God says that you will have if you will just come into agreement with Him. To come into agreement with God, you've got to know how He thinks. You know, if you and I are going to agree on something, we've got to know what we're agreeing on. Amen? And God is not saying, I'm here to agree with you. God is saying, you come up to my thoughts, you come up to my ways, and you start agreeing with me. You show yourself to be conformed to my will. I'm not going to be conformed to your will. You come up and you be conformed to my will. You agree with me. You come into harmony with me. And as a result, 
The scripture says you'll have peace. There is something that happens on the inside of a man or woman when they let their own understanding go and stop leaning to their mind and their reasoning and start leaning to his ways and to his thoughts. That's what trust is. And so he says, as a result of this, you'll have peace. But not only will you have peace, he said that great good shall come unto you, but great prosperity will come unto you. You see, you can't prosper without him, really, biblically. True biblical prosperity is not like the success that's out there in the world. God has a better way. God has a higher way for us. So let's get under his wing. Let's come into agreement with his will, his plan. We'll have peace and great prosperity shall be ours. Or as the scripture says, everything will turn out all right. Everything will be fine. All right. Now, getting acquainted with him then becomes our responsibility. It is getting to know him. Now, I've discovered this, that the more I know him, the greater degree I have to trust him. You know, Brenda and I have been married 35 years, and we trust one another. There's never the thought of me committing adultery or her committing adultery or, you know, us being unfaithful to one another. Because we trust one another. But that trust is based on years of getting acquainted with one another. And getting to know one another. Amen? And so then the more that we know Him, the more that we're vitally united to Him, the more that we'll be able to trust Him. So knowing Him is living in Him. And say this with me, the more I know Him... The more I'll be able to trust Him. So I want to make this statement to you this morning. That is this, that knowing Him and trusting Him is the highway to a triumphant life. Psalms 8 says it this way. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who trusts in Him And takes refuge in Him. So if we're going to live in vital union with Him. If we're going to live in Him. We've got to live in the atmosphere that He lives in. God is a God of faith. God is a God of trust. You know if you just replace the word uh, trust. Or the word faith with trust. You'll see over and over again in the Bible. How important trust is to Him. For example. The just shall live by what? The just shall live by faith. Let's remove faith and say it this way. The just shall live by trust. We shall walk by trust and not by sight. But without trust, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So as we live in trust, we're living in Him. We have placed our lives in His very capable hand. And we've made the decision that it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Because I'm living in vital union with Him. I'm living in trust. And I know that my Father is greater than anything I'll ever face. Amen? 
So look at Jeremiah chapter 17. And notice with me in verse 7 and in verse 8. So here's this connection between knowing him and trusting him. Verse 7 of Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Verse 8 says, The man that trusts the Lord shall be like a tree that is so very easily removed. No, he's like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water and spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be what? And shall not be careful in the year of famine, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. You know, the whole context of John 15 is about producing fruit. So trusting Him enables us to be a fruit producer. Amen. A producer of joy, a producer of love, and so on. Now turn with me to Psalm 125. And let's notice with uh, together verse 1. Psalm 125 and verse 1. Thank you, Lord. They that, what? They that trust in what? In the good looks? In the economy? No, thank God. In politicians? No, thank God. In their social security package? No, thank God. In their life insurance? No, thank God. Not trust in those things. It's, it's good to have those things, just so those things don't have us. But they that trust, where? You see, some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But who are we going to remember? We're going to remember the name of the Lord our God. So, they that trust in the Lord shall be like something. What will they be like? They'll be as Mount Zion or Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides. Glory to God. So, when we then are in trust, we cannot be, we cannot be moved. It doesn't matter how heavy the conflict is, you're not moved. Amen? Amen? You don't care about why this didn't happen or why that hasn't happened yet, because you're not moved. No, trust is like Mount Zion. Like Mount Zion. It doesn't matter what happens. When your life is in his hand and you are trusting him, you are like a mountain that cannot be removed. This is one mountain that will never mount move. It is the mountain of faith. It is the mountain of trust. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Regardless of what's happening, my position remains the same. I played a lot of basketball in my day. 
And I remember playing a Samoan gentleman out on the streets one time, and he was like a rock. And I tried to mess around with him a little bit, just kind of playing, give him an elbow and try to move him. But I'm telling you, Lord, he was like an oak tree. He could not be removed. We have one of our Samoan brothers here today, all the way from Rama Samoa. Amen. But uh, that's how God wants you to be. See, the, the elbows of life are going to come. There are some things that are going to try to box you out and keep you from obtaining the prize and the goal. But no matter what, our position remains the same. The conflict's going to come, but trusters outlast the conflict. Are you getting that? They that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. I know in whom I have believed. I have become acquainted with him. I have personal acquaintance with him. I have fellowship with him. I know in whom I have believed. And as a result of that knowledge, I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep his word and to perform it on my behalf. Thank you, Lord. Trusters are planted by the rivers of water. We're like a a tree. That tree is going to be there on a sunny day, on a rainy day, on a snowy day. On any day, that tree is going to be there. That mountain is going to remain the same. Why? Because that mountain and that tree, it's committed. It's committed. Its trust is in Him. And so, knowers and trusters, abiders and livers in Him, have this attitude. Whatever the day is like, I'm going to be in God. Whatever the pain is like, I'm going to be in God. The bills showed up and they're they're laughing at me, but I'm going to be in God. You used to like me, but now you're talking behind my back, but I'm in God. My confidence is in Him. I had a good job, and they laid me off, but I'm like Mount Zion. I'm like a tree. My trust is in Him. And so God says, if you stay in faith, and if you stay in trust, I will empower you to prosper. Amen. Trust Him him when when you feel like it, and trust Him when you don't feel like it. Trust Him when there's no pain, and trust Him when there is pain. Trust Him when the x-ray is negative, and trust Him when the x-ray is positive. Trust Him when the stock market goes up, and trust Him when the stock market goes down. See, trust is a commitment and trust is a way of life. You cannot rationalize and you can't reason out things in your soul. There's a lot of people here this morning that that need to make some decisions. I mean, life decisions. And uh, you're in the process of making some decisions right now. And let me give you a little bit of advice on how to make a good godly decision. 
First of all, you've got to give it to God. You can't afford to carry the weight of that care or the burden of that decision. Amen? So he says, first and foremost, be careful for nothing. Unload the weight of that decision on him. Put that decision over on him. Somebody says, yeah, but it's my decision. Yes, it's your decision, but you are in him and he is in you. So you can't separate the two of you. You're blended together. And so place the weight of that decision over on the Lord. You see, in Proverbs, he says, trust in the Lord with all thy what? Thy heart. Okay? And lean not to your own understanding. I was talking to somebody yesterday that is making a huge life decision and making a decision that could impact uh, his family's life for years to come. And he was in a situation where the decision needed to be made by last night. You know, and that's pretty heavy. That's pretty strong. And so as Brenda and I were talking and ministering to this couple, we said, look, first of all, you're not in a position to hear. Because you've got too much reasoning going on here. There's too much going on up in your head. The person verified it. Yeah, I've been... I've been comparing this and comparing that, and I've been crunching numbers and doing that. You know, nothing wrong with crunching numbers. Nothing wrong with making some comparisons. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that thing becomes first, then God's way here somewhere in the background. And we get so inundated with figures and thoughts and reasonings that we can't even hear from Him. And that's why He says over there in... uh, Psalm somewhere, he says, be still and what? And know. Well, know that I'm God. But let's take it this way. Be still and know. He has the answers to a million and one questions that you may have, but there's coming a place in him where you need to be still. And so I said, you guys need to get quiet. And you just need to turn your brain off. And place your confidence and trust in Him. And don't lean to your own understanding. Amen? If I'm not going to lean to my own understanding, who am I going to lean on? I better lean on Him. You know, we sing that old song, Lean on Me. Well, thank God for you, but you ain't God. And so there are certain things in life that no one is going to be able to tell you the answer except for Him. But the good news is, is you're in Him. And He's in you. And He loves you, and He's committed to lead you and to guide you into green pastures. He is committed to lead you and guide you into the uh, right paths, in the way of righteousness. Amen? Amen. And so, if you're in that process now of having to make a a big decision, or maybe a small decision, first of all, give it to the Lord. And then ask Him. He said, be careful for nothing. Do not, have, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to who? Yeah, but God already knows I'm dealing with. But he wants you to ask. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't say, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Are there some things we don't know? Do we need to call upon the Lord? Do we need to ask him? I wonder if we ask him, will he answer us? Absolutely he will. He'll show you what to do sometimes by that still small voice. And he will confirm his will and he will confirm his plan. But the first base to getting home is you've got to trust him. The second base is pray. The third base is to praise and also to be still and know that he is God. And then he will take you home and bring you into the right place and make the right decision. Amen? Amen. Well, that's good news, isn't it? So basically then, if we are like Mount Zion and we are like that tree planted by the rivers of water, it don't matter. We are in God. I'm trusting him. If no one else gets delivered, I will. Because I'm like Mount Zion. This year, next year. The next five years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years, I am like Mount Zion. Now listen, if you stay this way, if you stay in trust, you're not going to remain the same. Some things are going to change then things around you are going to have to be removed. Some things around you are going to have to go God's way. You see, when I put my life in his hands, my life is secure. When I put my children in his hands, their lives are secure. When I put my money in his hands, my life is secure. Hallelujah. And you can do that when you trust him. When you place it all over in his hands. Hallelujah. I think some of you are going to walk out of here with your head up. Some of you are going to walk out of here with a little pep in your step. You know what I'm saying? A little glide in your stride. Now, here's what happens when you get to know him and trust him. Then you will be able to rest in him. Sweet rest. Look with me over at uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, uh, the 11th verse. Notice this with me today. Thank you, Lord. Learn to trust him. Learn to live in Him. Glory to God. I can trust Him because He cares for me. I can trust Him because I've got His promises. I can trust Him because He has my best interests at heart. How about yours? Is He on your side? I found this. I thought it was kind of cute, so I'm going to read a little bit of it to you. Trust Him when the way is hard and perilous. Life can be tough. How can you tell when it's going to be a challenging day? Anybody ever had a challenging day? I thought so. Well, you wake up face down on the pavement. You call suicide prevention and they put you on hold. 
You see a 60 60 minutes crew waiting in your office. Your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. You turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of your city. Your twin sister forgot your birthday. Your car horn goes off accidentally and remains stuck as you follow a group of hell's angels on the freeway. (laughs) You come into work and your boss just says, hey, don't even bother to take your coat off. (laughs) You wake up and your braces are locked together. You call your answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. This is a bad one. Your income tax check bounces. (laughs) I thought you'd enjoy that. Very little humor. Yes, very little. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy with Jesus than to trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust His Word. Trust His leadings. Trust Him every day of your life. And then once you make quality decisions, once you have done your part, then enter into rest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11. Look at that scripture with me if you would. Hebrews 4 11. It says this, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man should fall after the same example of unbelief. Resting in him is not a call for inaction, but resting in him is a call for trust. When you trust him, he'll fight your battles. And if he be for you, who can be against you? If he be on your side, what matters who it is that's on the other side? It's not a question of whether or not the Lord is on our side. The question is, is whose side are we on? Amen? Trust him. Have faith in him. Have confidence in him. And he will direct your path. Turn over to Psalm 112. And let's look at verse 6 and verse 7. Here is another aspect of trust. Another aspect of trust is delighting yourself in him. I like what the psalmist said. He said, delight yourself also in him. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust also in him. And what will he do? He'll bring it to pass. Amen. Now we have a a, a little green room behind the stage here. It's real, real small, not very wide. And the, the, the back of the building is right there where that wall is. And so... On, on behind that stage, it, it's, it's all brick. That was the back of the, the movie theater at one time. And, and we built a, a little green room onto it. Initially, we were going to build on so we could seat another couple hundred people. And uh, so we ran out of money, so we decided to settle for what we had. But very often, when I'm walking 
into the building or when I'm in the green room, I'll just lay hands on that brick and I'll say, building, I call you paid. I call you paid in full. I call this building a testimony for the grace of God. I'm calling things that be not as though they were. I don't know how, but I know who. I don't know when, but I know him. I just know that him is on my side. And if him be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Do you have any things in your life that need to be paid? Do you have any relatives that need to be saved? Glory to God. i tell you what you can do. If you've got children at home and they're rebelling, just put your hands on their sheets and their beds. And you just start praying. Hey, Kabasata. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may not feel like it, but you just pray in the Spirit and pray in the Holy Ghost and plead the blood of Jesus over your young ones. And ask for God to send His anointing into that sheet. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, before you leave that bedroom, you're going to start feeling something. Hey, glory. Amen. And then when they lay down, glory to God. We believe that the anointing goes into them. Hallelujah. Put your trust in him. Place your babies in his hands. Apply the blood of Jesus over their lives and they'll come and they'll once again be nursed at your side. I wonder if there's anything in your life that you need to speak to. Is there anything going on in your body that needs changing? See, it's not a question of whether God has spare parts or not. It's not a question of whether your creator who created your body can heal your body or not. Healing is yours. It belongs to you. But what God is looking for, he's looking for your trust. And one way that our trust is released is through faith-filled words. Somebody says, yeah, the doctor says I have a bad heart. Well, put your hands on your heart and say in the name of Jesus, this heart shall live forever. This heart functions in the perfection that God created it to function. Are you telling me to throw my medication away? No, I'm not telling you to throw your medication away. What I'm telling you is to take God's medicine and say what God's word says about your heart. See, your body was fearfully and wonderfully made. How about your pancreas? Your pancreas is stuck. Your pancreas isn't operating. It's not functioning the way it should function. It's not going to do you any good to talk about how your pancreas ain't functioning. But what will do you good is to put your hands on your pancreas and say, Pancreas, in the name of Jesus, I'm calling you to function normal in Jesus' name. Somebody says, yeah, but pastor, I've got high blood pressure. You may have symptoms of high blood pressure, but you need to call your blood pressure normal. I call my blood pressure 120 over 80 in the name of Jesus. My trust is in God. Somebody says, I take pills for it. Fine, great, wonderful. Take your pills. But every time you pop one, say what the word says. By his stripes, I'm healed. He took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Every time you take that shot, every time you pop that pill, every time you see those bills, start calling the things that be not as though they were. And if you'll faithfully call the things that be not as though they were, they will be. They will come to pass. It shall be even as God. God Almighty has told you when you are trusting Him, you're like Mount Zion that cannot be removed. So be committed to this Word. Be committed to the Spirit of God and He will lead you and guide you when to speak and what to speak and who to speak to. Glory to God. Woo! 
Thank you, Lord. I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that you absolutely, you positively can trust him. I said you can trust him. For he is the God who made us. And we are not, praise God, people that are outside of this covenant. We've got a covenant with a covenant keeping God. And when you trust him, you've got to know that you know down in your spirit that he can meet all of our needs simultaneously. He can do it at one time. He's El Shaddai. He's the God who's more than enough. He is not the God of less than the least. And I'm telling you, he will supply strength for your weakness. He is available to you 24 hours a day and seven days a week. He is for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and sees. He guards and guides. He heals the sick and he cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends his people. He blesses the young. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. You can trust almighty God. He is the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of your deliverance. He's the path of peace, the roadway of righteousness, the highway of holiness. He is the gateway to glory. And if you'll trust him, you'll be like Mount Zion and you'll not be removed. Somebody shout with me today. You can trust this king. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords because His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting and His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And bless God, His burden is light. He's indescribable because He's incomprehensible. He's irresistible because he is, in fact, invincible. You can't get him off your hands. You can't get him off your mind. You can't live without him. Hallelujah. And you can't outlive him. Woo! Glory to God. How about Pilate? Think of it. Come on, just somebody help me out. Egg me on just a little bit today. Pilate couldn't stand it when he found out that he couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. And the witness, witnesses couldn't gather their testimonies to agree. And Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And thank God the grave couldn't hold him. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Shekaba Sandai Yela Mosiah. In chess, when you are, when the king is backed up into a corner... And they will say, checkmate, that means you're done. You have no more moves. But there's no such a thing as checkmate in the realm of the spirit. Because every time the devil puts you over in a corner, I got good news for you. The king's got one more move. The king, (laughs) the king's got one more move. Satan thought he had him down and he didn't have him down for three days and three nights. Oh, but the king, the enemy whispered in his ear, checkmate, checkmate. You'll never get out of here. But the king had one more move. Raise him from the dead. Moses and the children at the, at the Red Sea with Pharaoh and his whole army coming after him. And that Red Sea stood in front of them and the enemy 
yelling in their ears and whispering says, look, you've had it now. You'll never, ever make it. But oh, the king always has one more move. What's that in your hand? The king says, it's a rod. And with the rod of God, the Red Sea, the Red Sea parted and they went over on dry land. Hallelujah. How many of you know that he has no predecessor? He has no successor. I'm glad we can't impeach him. And he's not going to resign. And you and I, we can trust him. In closing, I just want to say this to you. That he is the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher. He makes ways where there is no way. And he's put his trust in your heart so that you can walk with him every day of your life. Hallelujah. You can trust him today. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your money. Become more acquainted with him through the pages of the Bible. Commune with the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And God will make himself so very real to you. And you'll be glad you did. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I think that's good enough.